All right, well, you want to start? I'm ready. Let's start. Let's start. All right, hello, and welcome to Tequila Twilight. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) This is the miniature episode, which is the same length as all the other episodes. We're just going to try to banter a little less, maybe, but probably not. What do you mean a little less? We never banter. I know. Oh, I'd like to bring your attention to my socks. Oh my god, they say, hello, gorgeous. <laughs> I thought it said, hello, gourds required. Gourds. <laughs> well, that too, and then there's pumpkins on them. And Lindsay's also sitting in a rack and knitting <laughs> orange socks. Wait, is this fuzzy? Oh, no, it's not. It just no, looks it's like just... fuzzy. Well, these are my sample, so when it's time, your your socks can be fuzzy. You'll get fuzzy ones. These were just to see if I can actually do it. I don't think I'm going to knit this. It looks pretty good. There's a heel in everything. There's a heel. I don't know what to do from here, but that's fine. I'll figure it out. Well, you just keep going until it goes all the way up your leg. (laughs) And then then you stop knitting and let the rest of the yarn drink down. Hmm. It looks really good. Like a boot? (laughs) But like a cast? Like a, uh, yeah. Like a... I've got a hole here because I forgot what I was doing. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. That's okay. It's breathable. It's fine. It's for your callus. It's fine. In general. Oh, yeah. General. You know, when you have a callus right there. On your heel. On your heel. As humans tend to. Typically. <laughs> I've, the only calluses I've ever seen have been. We'll take a look at it. <laughs> Make you look at it. Uh, to, okay. So this is our very first ever small sewed. <laughs> tiny sewed but like not really it might end up being the same amount of time as a regular one but we'll see um uh and oh okay so so we decided that for these the format is going to be that one of us does all the research and talks while the other <laughs> one doesn't <laughs> that's just because i was very bad and didn't do my homework it's okay though because i did and then you did a lot and i was like I feel like the notes I'm just going to do on this are just going to be the same as yours. But I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited it's to... not like there's that much. But I do have four whole pages of notes divided into several discrete sections. And you guys are going to learn a lot today. I'm ready. Teach me about my ancestors. Yeah. So, if you know, Lindsay has Native American heritage. And today, we are going to be talking about... <laughs> The Quileute tribe. Yes. That is uh, Jacob and Billy Black. Those are the only Quileutes we've met so far. That's it. So far. Journey. So far. Just you wait. Just wait. One more book after the next one we're going to do. Yes. New Moon is very Quileute heavy. But I didn't know that the Quileutes were a real tribe until six months ago when I had the idea to make this <laughs> <laughs> Because I Googled them. Because I didn't know how to pronounce Quileute, because I always think it's Quileute. I get that. But it's Quileute. I still don't. If I, like, read it, I have to really, I, I really do have to think about it. Quileute sounds Silute. Silute. <laughs> Did you write that? No. Is that in your notes? <laughs> no, it's not. Quileute does sound Silute, but also kind of cute. It is cute. And I love Quill, because it's like, it reminds me of porcupines. They're so cute. They are so Okay. Okay. Uh, so in researching the Quileute tribe, the very first source I used was, of course, twilightsaga.fandom.com slash wiki, so that I could start off with academics and real scholarship. Strong, 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 <laughs> strong sources. 
Uh, and then I moved on to True Wikipedia to corroborate the information from Twilight Wiki. Mm. It turns out they are almost verbatim the exact, the exact same. same. Someone thing. copied the same yeah, publisher. Twilight, Twilight Wiki copied from Wikipedia. Mm, I think it's the other way around. You think? Yeah, I think Wikipedia copied from Twilight Wiki. I trust Twilight Wiki with my heart. I'm going to have to say you're right about this. So, yes. The Quileute tribe is a Native American tribe, currently numbering approximately 750, according to the Twilight Saga fandom dot wiki from like 2009. So, who <laughs> so knows? hopefully they've increased. I would hope so. The reservation is 1.5678 square miles or 1,003.4 acres and is located near the mouth of the Quileute River on the Pacific Coast, and its main population center is La Push, Washington. So I don't know what an acre is. I don't either. I was just, I was just about to mm-hmm. ask you. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty big. So for 1.5 square miles uh-huh. to be the same as 1,000 acres, that didn't sit right with me at all. Oh. I mean, like, I have a limited perception of units, but it just didn't match up with what I thought in my head to be an acre. So I had to do some outside research to make sure I wasn't just misreading the punctuation. Mm -hmm. Because, like, maybe it was, like, 156 miles. (laughs) But um, it turns out that an acre is 1 640th of a square mile. So there are 640 acres in a mile. Yeah, right? What? I didn't (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. I always thought I always thought acres an, were huge, huge. Like because like people are always like advertising like oh like hundred acres. I'm like that's a lot of yeah. That's not that's like this room. That is like this room. This is a hundred. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because people are always like sits on a whole acre of land, but that's I mean that's so in like millimeters. Yeah. What is that? No, I'm just oh kidding. my god, are you crazy? <laughs> gonna get mad. Uh, yeah, so I really thought they were bigger. but So um, they don't have that much? No. They they don't. They have, I, when they have f- like Kenmore size reservation. Hmm. Well, that's... But they have La Push. La Push. Well, what did it say? Its main population center is La Push, yeah. I don't know if that means La Push is on the reservation. We'll push is the reservation. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. But I don't whatever. Know. Either way, that's yeah smaller than I first thought. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So, uh, when you hear a thousand acres, sounds like a fuckload. I'm like, oh, um. But it's so one acre is about ninety percent the size of a football field. Okay. Which like that can be your backyard. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty but, cool. But, like, that can't be, I mean. All you own? Yeah. Times 640. Whatever. Okay. Let's get back to the relevant information. Oh, excuse me. First burp of the day. Well, of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Linguistically, the Quileutes belong to the Chimacuan family of languages. And the Quileute language is one of only five or 13, depending on your source, known <laughs> languages that doesn't have any nasal sounds. 
Um, the nasal sounds are M and N, so they don't have those. Uh, you can go to quileutenation.org slash language if you want to hear the language spoken out loud. Uh, the last native speaker actually died in 1999, so it's officially considered a dead language, but there are teaching programs in schools that are trying to like preserve the language. So that's what actually the quileutenation.org slash language website is that's dedicated much, to. That's I like that. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like that's the same with like Welsh, how Welsh is say, dying out. Yeah. I think languages should always be preserved. So a little history. So the Quileutes settled on the Quileute Indian Reservation after signing a treaty with the United States in 1855. So obviously that treaty wasn't an agreement among friends. It was more of a forced outcome for the Quileutes, much like how it was for basically what all, all new <laughs> as far as I know. Uh, one interesting point I found is that the Treaty of Olympia, which is that 1855 treaty that relegated the Quileutes mm -hmm. to the reservation, also included the following article. The said tribes and bands agree to free all slaves now held by them and not to purchase or acquire others hereafter. And then Wikipedia goes on to say, this article took away an integral part of the culture of the Northwest Coastal Tribes, the rights to possess slaves. Their culture had been focused on possessions, and they had always owned slaves. With the U.S., they were forced to give up a key part of their unique history and culture. So this I found really interesting because from the U.S.'s perspective, it was truly like inhibitory to the financial interests and the way of like of the Quileutes to ban slavery. Because when you think about it, like the pre-Civil War South, basically their whole economy was dependent on slave labor. Right. So to take them, so like to take the slaves out of the workforce would have been de detrimental to the barbaric amount of wealth these plantation owners accrued on the backs of black people. So they probably assumed they'd be causing similar damage to the Quileutes by banning slavery there. Um, but I'm not sure if the slaves owned by the Quileutes were a different race or if they owned people within their race. Oh, um, but so, like, I don't want to make it sound like slavery was a good thing and the U.S. took that away, but I also don't want to make it sound like the U.S. banned slavery because it was wrong. Right, like, because... they banned slavery not to be, like, not to have the moral high ground, but to, like, be like, hey, you can't We do, do that. that. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. You guys can figure out yeah. a healthy economy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so later on the... Quileute history page, they actually did describe their slaves as having been captured or traded from neighboring tribes. Oh, okay. So more of like a hostage. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Like you're coming on our land. We're going to, I get that. Mm -hmm. More of like a prisoner of war type right. scenario. Right. Not a, your skin color is different than mine. So not I'm... we literally shipped you across an ocean to sell and breed you and work you until and you then die. we're gonna hate you yeah uh okay so yeah they built long houses in the winter which was always my favorite part of learning about native americans in school and like seeing the diagrams of the houses because <laughs> they always had like storage lofts <laughs> and like ladders and then like a big fire uh -huh. in the middle and just the communal living always looked so fun and <laughs> also they were once great whalers and they made boats and canoes. They were really well known for their boats and canoes. 
And then in terms of arts and crafts, the Quileute tribe is best known for their woven baskets and dog hair blankets. Mm. Right? I have one of those. Really? No, it's just loose hair all over my blanket. (laughs) They would also weave incredibly fine baskets that were so tightly woven that they could hold water. Lindsay pointing to her sock. (laughs) This is my new basket. You think you could boil water in that? No, but I can hold my cup. Aw, the cup cozy. Oh, don't stretch her out. It's going to be for a fat foot. (laughs) Okay, so now we are moving on to quileutenation.org. By Wikipedia. Ooh. Okay, so this goes into the origin story of the tribe. So this website says, thousands of winters before the arrival of the white drifting house people, known as the Hoquats, the Quileute Indians and the ghosts of their ancestors lived and hunted here. For as long as the ageless memory of legend recalls, the Quileutes flourished in the territory, which originally stretched from their isle-strewn Pacific beaches along the rainforest rivers to the glaciers of Mount Olympus. Oh, that's so poetic. It is poetic. Um, and so their ancient creation story, one, one says a wandering transformer, and then another says there was a hero. So it was either a hero named Kwati or a wandering transformer, or Kwati was a wandering hero transformer. Um, but so he could transform animals into humans. So he arrived on James Island, which is off the northwest coast of Washington, mm-hmm. near where the Quileute tribe is today. And he found two beautiful timber wolves that he changed into people to begin the Quileute tribe. So they were descended from wolves who were changed into men. Into men. Mm-hmm. And their only kindred tribe was washed away by a flood, leaving them with no known relatives, and they were surrounded by unrelated tribes. So relations with those groups, since they were unrelated, allowed trade and intermarriage of nobility, but it also caused controversy over trespassing and land ownership. So there were outbursts of warfare. And much of the structure of the tribal government was determined by bloodlines and kinship. That's kind of reflected in twilight Mm -hmm. but isn't so much how the government is set up right now right all right so now that we have a feel for who the quileutes are it's time to compare them to how they are depicted in twilight so first of all the creation story told in the books is completely fabricated because they say that the first great quileute spirit chief used magical animal shape-shifting powers to defend Quileute land. We know that to not be the true Quileute legend, so mm-hmm. that's, like, a huge affront to the tribe to, like, make a new story. I don't get why they... fiction book. Like, why wouldn't you... Like, it's not like the... Like, the original one is, like... Bad. Bad. It makes right. sense. It makes sense to have a werewolf legend based off of that. Right. Like, the whole, like, shape-shifting thing is a little... Yeah. Far-fetched and, for even a... Yeah, and also, what's a spirit chief? Me. Did you make that up too, Stephanie? Come on, Stephanie. Answer. Also, she made up the cold ones. There's no, there's there's no nothing such... in the Quilly legends about the cold ones. That's interesting. Yeah. So why did she... I don't know. She just ma- she made So up... why did she obsess over vampires? Like, what was her kink? I don't know. 
Well, I think she just, didn't she just, like, lust after, like, emo guys in the 2000s? Probably. I think that's where she got it from. (laughs) Yeah, so basically in the series, it really does come across that the werewolves exist to fight the vampires. Because they say that the vampires can only be stopped by the sharp teeth and claws of the wolves. But that's just not the case. I was going to say, and I thought that they were only, like, they only started changing because cold ones were... Were coming onto the land. Yeah, like... Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. They make it seem like the, like, the existence of... Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. like, if they're because not there, then they they don't change. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how if you have a bird and it's around a boy bird, it lays an egg. It lays an egg. Yeah. But it doesn't always lay an egg. If there's no boy bird. The boy birds are the vampires and the eggs are the werewolves. Hmm. Okay. I liked that. <laughs> Thank you. And so the Quilio people are just portrayed basically as like a functional werewolf mythic fantasy character rather than as an actual people. So that kind of explains why I didn't know they were real <laughs> because they really make it seem like these are not a real people. No, like they exist only to bolster the werewolf story. Or I mean the vampire story. And to walk around shirtless to get all get matching tattoos and Yeah. They live kind of like a trailer clips. park life. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so this website, this is still the uh website. It criticizes the limited and stereotypical portrayal of Native women in the series, particularly Emily Young and Sue Clearwater. So we haven't met these characters yet in the saga. I think they're introduced in New Moon. Mm -hmm. So we'll just briefly cover their more controversial features. We meet Emily Young when Bella visits the reservation. Emily is the fiancé of Sam, who is the alpha of the Quilly werewolf pack. And Emily is depicted as being very subservient. Like, she's literally giving, she's, like, feeding the whole pack. Oh, you're right. And that's, like, her everyday thing. Yeah. And uh, the the Burke Museum website points out that this is more indicative of stereotypical Western roles of women than it is for Native women. Native women are often leaders and decision makers in their families, and they're often prominent members on their tribal councils. So Stephanie Meyer's decision to give women such limited representation in the Quileute tribe is like not true to Native American life. And okay, additionally, Emily's other main feature is that she has a scar that covers oh. half of her face. Mm-hmm. It's like very disfiguring. Mm-hmm. And we learn that the cause of the scar was violence from Sam. So it doesn't say like something along him losing his temper. Yeah, it's like he has anger control issues and mm-hmm. and like lashed out and hurt his fiance. So this website points out that since none of the Cullens are scarred in this way, the image of domestic violence as an accepted part of native relationships is a possible interpretation. The frightening reality is that contemporary Native American women represent the highest statistic of domestic violence victims and deaths. That's actually true. Like Native American and like just Native, not even just in America, Mm -hmm. like First Nations Mm -hmm. people in Canada and stuff, they're 
deaths go like unreported and like unsolved, which is a big issue. I was gonna say that's a. I think my the hardest thing that I'm having to like understand is why couldn't she just make up a tribe? Like, right. Why did she have to disrespect them like this? I agree oh, because she's really not. She's, she's making not, up her whole like her own thing, like in all these your own customs. Like you're not sticking to any of it. Why can't you just? I know all not, she really took from them is their name and location. That's she's it. not paying homage to right. their like your actual history. And like maybe I don't know. Maybe we're just more aware of cultural things now. Um, Still, she's. I feel like even back then, this is kind of disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, so then, it, okay. So I'm just going to continue reading the paragraph because they did. They just did a really good job um, explaining like the dynamic between Emily and Sam and mm-hmm. how that represents the Quileutes. So it says to portray Sam's abuse of Emily, regardless of his intention or his remorse after the fact, as part of the commitment of imprinting or love is irresponsible. Furthermore, that Emily claims the scars were the result of a bear attack in order to cover for Sam exemplifies the author's, this is Stephanie Meyer, total disregard or ignorance of real native issues. In addition, a young woman on a reservation would have the support of her family and community around her, while Emily is portrayed as having nobody in her social circle but a group of hot-tempered young men. Yeah. Sounds like a lonely that does, life. That sounds like I never thought about that before. Like how, like it was always like, oh, Emily, you're so strong for forgiving Sam for his shortcoming. But like he literally disfigured her. Disfigured. And now she serves him. Right. Like and we're she... supposed to be like, what a good relationship. They must love each other. <laughs> when that sounds abusive as fuck. And then she just takes care of everyone else around her. Yeah. Like she's, she's like the, the den mother. And even like. I don't like the whole um, idea of what is it called? Imp- imprinting. Imprinting. Like, excuse me. So, what if she creepy. didn't want to be with him? Would he still be persistent? Would he? Okay. Yeah, I actually was wondering about that. So, I don't think I talk about it in this in my notes, but imprinting is when the wolf like. It's not even, like, love. They, like, fall into this, like, hyper-obsessive, like, compulsion to be with a specific person. And that happened with Sam and Emily. Mm -hmm. And originally, Sam was dating Emily's sister. Yes. And then he imprinted on Emily. So then, like, was does Emily just automatically love him back? Right, like, I don't understand. Or does she, or is she like, uh, that's my sister, bro. Fuck you. Or, like, do, maybe they just respect the, like, institution of imprinting so much that they're like, if this person imprinted on me, it means we're meant to be, so I guess I should just accept it. I just... Because you know Renesme didn't have a fucking say. She did not have a fucking say. Oh, that maybe she... that was a <laughs> Whatever. If you don't know, I don't know. You have had... I feel like there are no spoilers. Maybe, like, the three boys that are listening. <laughs> and then we have Sue Clearwater. Uh, she was voted onto the tribal council, but only to fill the role of her husband after her he died. Dead husband? Yeah. Harry, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he dies, and then she just 
she like steps in. It's not like they're like, Sue, you would be a great candidate for the tribe. Right. It's like she just is like, oh, I guess I'll do it since he's dead. So that's kind of a shame that, that those are like the two female characters. And especially if like females are like powerful. Like, you yeah. hold power. It's just a complete misrepresentation of the tribe. I really don't like that. I know. The more I, the more I read about it, because originally, when you Google, like, the real Quileute tribe, it comes up as, like, oh, Twilight helps them get their land back. But then when you... I'll go into that. Yeah. But okay. then, like, when you go into all the deeper things, it's very disrespectful. It's extremely disrespectful. What do I know? This website also actually had a lot of interesting articles about feminism and sexist themes in Twilight. Mm -hmm. So I think we should do like a whole different mini-sode about that later. Just like feminism, sexism in Twilight in general. Mm -hmm. In general. Fragile masculinity, masculinity, not fragile, etc. Okay, so then here we go on to racial and class stereotypes of the Quileutes. Okay, so first of all, the wolf pack is completely over-sexualized. Oh. They hardly ever wear clothes. Ever. They're tan and chiseled, and they, like, totally rely on machismo within their relations. Like, they tease each other over their feelings. It's all very toxic. They're unable to control their anger. They're russet. They're russet. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're, russet. they're, they're chiseled. They're... they're they're crinkled potatoes. <laughs> crinkle, <laughs> crinkle cut. Crinkle cut. Russets. They're unable to control their anger, which is what initiates the transformation from human to wolf in the first place. So that really like depicts them as like hotheads with anger management issues. Meanwhile, the Cullens have a very well-kempt and luxurious lifestyle. Like they're they're very classy. And the Quileutes are typically seen living in like ramshackle homes right. or trailers. And they're, like, telling ghost stories around the fire. And they're wearing ripped-up jeans. And then there's, again, stories of domestic unrest and violence, such as with Sam and Emily. And then other stories of infidelity and poor family structure. And then at the same time, the Cullens are all neatly coupled off. They, like, monogamous. They live in their mansion with their luxury vehicles. They seem to value education. Like, that's, like, one of their main... personalities is that like they're all needlessly enrolled in school edward has two medical degrees or something edward does why is he fucking in high school it's so (laughs) stupid why (laughs) Why would you choose to do that but so the the juxtaposition between their lifestyles doesn't end up portraying the quillies as being like lower class like poor right uneducated governed by emotion and violence not that not that lower class like makes you like a violent person right but but, like they're portraying them as less than the Cullens definitely Mm -hmm. um and even though of course this isn't how the real Quileute people are there's no effort put forth by the series to ever dispel this sentiment Mm -hmm. (sighs) okay okay so here we go to the burkemuseum.org so that's actually the Natural History Museum for the University of Washington. That's where I read about the um, the article about Sam and Emily. And it had a lot of strong words to say about how the Twilight franchise impacted the Quillies. So prior to the Twilight Saga... I'm tangled. Okay? 
You're simply tangled. <laughs> oh no. And I'm wrapped around in my Oh no. In my I think I'm fine. Oh. Yeah, it oh. was just I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> mm. Okay, prior to the Twilight Saga, the reservation was a pretty isolated and quiet place, but now it's become a popular tourist destination. If you've ever seen any of the like myriad TikToks of people being like, I went to Forks and this is what it was like there. There's like a million of them on my homepage every day. Uh, so this really thrust the Quileutes into the spotlight. And obviously some Quileute members are enjoying this public interest, but others find it really insulting. And then others are just apathetic and they want the public interest to wane so that they can get back to regular life. There was a 40% or no, I'm sorry, 50% unemployment rate on the reservation. And that combined with the well-known hospitality of the tribe led to many tribe members welcoming tourists and the economic growth they would bring mm -hmm. because that kind of gives them a job opportunity right. to you know, foster tours, etc. And one tribe member said, we also hope to offer a counter narrative to the Twilight Saga's stereotypical representations of race, class, and gender, and offer resources for a more meaningful understanding of Native American life and cultures. I would go to that one. Yeah, right? So we know that Twilight is a hugely grossing industry, because you could get Twilight-themed anything if you walked into a Spencer's Gifts. And there... Do you ever find your bag? No. That's sad. What is that? Your, your Twilight bag. Oh, did I ever find my bag? Oh, yes. I thought you said, did you, do you remember find your bag? No. And I was like, what's that? He said, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. I looked briefly for it, but I... I bet your mom knows where it is. Maybe. I really hope I didn't give it away. I hope Because so. I feel like I would have gone through a phase where I would have been like, I don't need that. I'll never <laughs> use that. But I should oh. have it. It was cute. It had Edward and Bella on it. Little black tote bag. Oh. Yeah. Maybe they're on eBay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to look. But so regardless, we know, and I also had posters for the movies and like t-shirts. I was gonna say, I think I had a new moon keychains because you could buy anything. The Quileutes have not received any proceeds or royalties, even None for the like all. weird hot topic things that I'm sure are like Quileute. Nope. I'll talk about that too. Mm. Uh, so yeah, this is especially apparent in the tattoos that all the werewolves get in the Twilight movies. All the Wolfpack members have a culturally appropriated tattoo that has gone on to be included in a lot of the Twilight merchandise. So the artist who, so they, they didn't steal the tattoo, so that's good. But the artist who designed the tattoo drew it from fictional stories and they used Quileute oral tradition. And I know the artist is Canadian, but it didn't say if they were like a First Nations person or mm -hmm. not. So they might have just been like a random old Canuck, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and they used the Haida line form style of Native Americans. So basically, it's like an amalgamation of fact and fiction. And that further misrepresents the tribe because they're imposing this fictional symbol on them even though that was just for the movie. Right. So that's like shitty, you know, like, like that's like 
meeting anyone from the tribe and be like, hey, where's your tattoo? Someone someone at work recently looked at my, my tattoo mm-hmm. and said, oh, you're Native American, aren't you? And like, like my monster tattoo. And I oh, was yeah. like, yes. And he's like, oh, well, do you know? And then started naming people from this tribe as if I live in a longhouse. But <laughs> <laughs> like still, and he goes, oh, well. Other, right? Yeah, he's like, I thought you all knew each other. Oh my God. Like, Sir, I'm sorry to break your heart. There's not even like just one tribe in Western New York. No. And you're not even from No. How dare you? You're adopted. And you're adopted. So, I, like, how are you supposed to know everything? No, I don't. I, I mean, Ancestry.com, I guess, but yeah. otherwise. Still, that's so assumptive. I laughed. <laughs> but I was like, you're uneducated, sir. <laughs> Oh, okay. So this is so this is from an article in 2010. Um, I'm just gonna read it verbatim because it's pretty crazy. So this is related to how all of the like tourism and stuff that was brought into the Washington area has impacted the Quileutes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't write this down, but also there was someone who was saying that the Quileutes weren't doing enough to like promote themselves because they could really be selling like their baskets and, and their art and being like, this is what we're known for. We're not werewolves, but we do make bomb ass dog hair blankets and you can buy them for a premium price right. on our reservation to support us. Yeah. But they, they don't really advertise that. So they're missing out on an opportunity there. And then tours go through the reservation area but they don't like stop there and they don't start there so like they don't the quilliots don't get proceeds from that tour because it's coming from out but they're still going through yeah that's weird i know so anyways this article said this is from 2010 it said just last month msn.com issued an apology to the quilliot for intruding on its territory while videotaping a Twilight virtual tour in September. MSN.com sought permission from the Chamber of Commerce in nearby Forks, Washington, but did not pay the same courtesy to the Quileute. The video team trespassed onto a reservation cemetery and taped Quileute graves, including those of esteemed tribal leaders. These images were then set to macabre music and in November posted on MSN.com. The tribe quickly persuaded MSN.com to remove the Quileute images. Isn't that messed up? How do you, like, like, what possesses you to do that in the first place and be like, this is really a, a good idea? It's it's so dehumanizing. Like, how are you that dense? Yeah. Like, oh, you really don't see these as real people? Right. And, like, real You grades? don't see the issue? Yeah. So, so then... Uh, the article said, like, this means first and foremost that the sovereignty and the culture of the Quileutes are not respected by outsiders because they respected Forks, Washington, but they did not respect the reservation. Right. And then there's, so the Quileutes website even tells visitors about the tribal laws that govern the Quileute territory. And one of those laws specifically says that burial grounds and religious ceremonies are sacred and not to be entered so if msn had done like the the briefest amount of research 
before they did that. Right, like, it's not like it's a, I don't, I just don't, I can't it's just wrap like, my you mind know, around If that. You're, you're going into another culture and not thinking for one second, maybe I shouldn't disrespect their dead. It seems like the bare minimum. Right, like, when I was in Africa, we were in a big group of women when we were in Tuba, which is, like, the most religious city in Africa, or mm-hmm. in Senegal, and... Like, we all couldn't go into um, the mosque because we were, there were too many women, which oh. was, like, an issue. So we all, you know, split up, and we stuck with one of the guys. And even then, we didn't go in because it wasn't, like, time. Yeah. And, like, that was an easy, like, Google search. Right. And when, when I went to Egypt, kind of similar, but not really, but, like, we wore... Yeah, I had the whole pants. get up. Yeah, I and pants. I bought long shirts that were like my hair was covered specifically. Yeah, like specifically to be able to like deal with the heat while right. still being culturally sensitive. Right. So it's not that. No, hard. it's not that hard to understand. Like to look something up, but I guess yeah. Native Americans don't really count as culture. No, they're just woo 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 with their headdress and like. They're, they must be so honored that we're coming here in our cars with our video With our, camera. right, like, you will be thankful. Right. That's not a thing. Yeah, so most recently, uh, like, the, like, the most recent news about the Quileutes as related to Twilight, kind of, um, is about their land dispute. So hundreds of years ago, their land stretched thousands of miles and then in 1855, that treaty that relegated them to the reservation forced them to give up most of their land in exchange for fishing rights. And now even that tiny bit of land is threatened because water levels are rising. Right. Because they're right on the water. They're right on La Push. And global warming is real. And um, so La Push is right on the ocean. And flooding and erosion are starting to impact the land, which is, like, very low-lying. And then higher temperatures lead to more intense rainfall in winter, which leads to more flooding. And um, this is interesting to me because the rainfall in the winter leads to flooding. But if it had been snow, if the temperatures were lower, if it was Mm -hmm. snow, snow melts slower and is easier to manage. So... Mm. It's not like it's not like there's more precipitation than usual. It's that right. it's in the wrong format for the environment. That's interesting. Right? It's all because of global warming. Hmm. And so they, they've been fighting for 50 years to get back some of the land. Most of it, like, they want the higher ground land. Um, and then in 2012, the Obama administration signed over 785 acres back to the tribe in addition to 184 acres of non-federal tribal land. I don't know what that means, non-federal tribal land that they didn't possess. So then, like, what was it? If it's not Native American and it's not federal, was it what just, was like, it? Was this gray area? Yeah. Of, like, is that yours or is that mine? Yeah, right. I like, guess you can have it. Like, when like when we order pizza and there's, like, One five slice. slices? And oh. we're like, is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could cut. Exactly. But it was nice but, of them to let them But you can thing. have it. Yeah. <laughs> but I already had two. I'm full. 
so this more than doubled the size of the reservation. So that's nice. Like that's a nice little thing. That is a nice, but still not it's enough. Still not enough. No, you can't just kick them off and then be like, oh, by the way, I'm so sorry. Here's this back. I used it. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm the, done all with the it. The trees are burned down now, and the land is sallow. You can have it back. So there's there's actually a movement right now. There's are they a, on fire? Like near them? Okay, I don't know. I was gonna look that up. Okay, we'll, okay. we'll look that up. I was thinking it wouldn't. Be. I don't think so. I think it's. I didn't up. think it was. Oh, I thought it wasn't up that high. Lindsay's pulling out her phone. Let me look. Let me put these down. I was checking to see if I was registered to vote, even though I knew I was. That's a good thing to check. But I was. So it is up. It's like right on the that little. Here's forks. It's great on that little tip. Yeah, so is it burning there? I don't think it's burning there. I don't think it's made it that far yet. And I hope it doesn't, but... Currently, there's a, like, a fund. And the mission is... It's called Quileute Tribe Move to Higher Ground. So the mission is to secure the future of the Quileute Tribe by moving the at-risk community to the safe zone where their culture and heritage can continue to thrive for generations to come. So this is also like, this is pretty highly focused on the schools. Like they want to move the schools up higher. Mm -hmm. And it's the Quileute tribal school. That's their first priority. And then they want to build community structures and homes that are like disaster resistant. So Mm -hmm. like things that won't be impacted by the floods. And the website is mthg.org. So it's moved to higher ground. I'm just, I'm upset. I am upset. I'm going to say I'm upset. Because climate change sucks, and also they shouldn't have to to advocate for their own land. And also they shouldn't have to convince you that they need to be safe. Or it's like just, treated like actual people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that needs to happen now because it's not... Like now isn't even proactive anymore. No, it's because like, it's already it's happening. It's been way too late. Yeah. So like the but very least we can do is scrap up some of what's still there and move it. Right. So consider donating if you okay. have or any any uh extra money. Or just share. Just share. Be share nice to people. Don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Share it with other people who like Twilight because it's turning out that Twilight's pretty shitty. I'm kind of hurt. I'm hurt to be uh, more educated. Yeah, sometimes the truth hurts. (laughs) The truth hurts. And this, yeah, this was very eye-opening research. Yeah, I'm glad you did this. This was a good one. Thank you. I, I, I did look up like when I was doing my mini sode, which we will do next time um i could not stop looking at all these like fun little twilight wiki like i fell into a hole Mm -hmm. and i i just kept going Mm -hmm. and i did stumble upon like will you like language and stuff and like videos of them Mm -hmm. and i liked that yeah it's it's nice to know the actual history right and not just shirtless men yeah not just Taylor Lautner jumping over. And Taylor Lautner is not even native. No. He's just 
brownish. He's just russet. <laughs> He's just russet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not a lot of drinking in this episode. Mm-hmm. No drinking. No game. drinking. What are you drinking, though? Uh, it's a... Ugh. Threw it in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> Ellicottville um, Blackberry Kolsch. Oh, I think I, I've had that. I'm not super into it. I definitely bought a six-pack of this in, like, July mm. and didn't mm-hmm. finish it. And this is the last one. Oh, good. Yeah. Cleaning out the mini-fridge. Yeah, I've got to stop buying things and just <laughs> drink what I have. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm going through the summer beers. So that I can buy the fall beers. But all the fall beers are like pumpkin. That's gross. We had a pumpkin latte today. That's good. Mm -hmm. Pumpkin coffee is fine. Pumpkin beer? It just sounds icky to me. They have like a Dunkin' Donuts one. A Dunkin' Donuts beer Beer. or a Dunkin' pumpkin beer? Oh, ew. Why? So it's a coffee pumpkin? Mm -hmm. A a pumpkin coffee beer? Mm -hmm. It's it's like there's, there's more that can be done with fall. Give me a butternut squash beer. I'll try that. I'll try anything once. But I'm like, I'm so disheartened by pumpkin. Give me a roasted red pepper beer. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> with a baguette on the side. That sounds so tasty. Yeah, look, they've got a bunch of Duncan. They've got, they've got a, a pack. I don't know if I'm oh, interested like, in getting the pack. But if it was something that we were going to... Like split? Split. But then, like, we would each take a sip of the first yeah, so, one and be like, and we'd be like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, just spit it out a little. <laughs> they have jelly donut IPA, Boston, okay, you know Boston creme. <laughs> just kidding, it's cream. <laughs> <laughs> they have a coffee porter, which it would be something we. I've had, I've had like port, like porters we, are usually like desserty types. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what we drank last time at the draft room for our flight. Mm. We had some porters. Mm-hmm. It's like a or cold yeah time and then they yeah. have the duncan pumpkin yeah i wouldn't want that one but honestly <laughs> the others sound kind of good <laughs> we would have the jelly donut we would have the jelly donut and the boston creme 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 Ugh. yeah well thank you thanks for uh, thanks for listening thanks for listening our experimental first tiny soda the small soda <laughs> Yeah, I know it wasn't very funny. No, but it was. But I hope it was educational. It was educational. We got to mm-hmm. balance ourselves out, mm-hmm. and we got to accept the good and the bad. And you can see toilet. that we're not just like drunks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just reading from the book and being like, "Edward's so creepy." <laughs> I'm also doing research. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, thank you. Stay, stay spooky. Stay oh. kooky. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie looked at me with the most like scared face because she couldn't come up with a word. <laughs> she said "pooky." <laughs> stay spooky and kooky and gourd just <laughs> <laughs> gourds required. <laughs> okay, bye. bye.